Welcome to my classroom at Candlestick Academy. My name is Risha Bartlett and I'm the host of the Candlestick Academy podcast, where we help you conquer darkness and lead with light. Today, I want to share an interview with you that I had with one of my good friends. Her name is Kenzie Anderton. She is a wife, she's a mom of three boys, and she's also a nurse. She also has been learning with me how to do energy work and we have some great things to share with you about how to process emotions and help you lead with light in your home. So let's get into that interview I had with her. Okay, Kenzie, let's talk about how, what, what your growth journey has been and how you have conquered darkness in, in your journey in life as a mom and a wife and friend or however, however that showed up for you? Well, about two years ago, Risha asked me if she could do some um, energy sessions on me. I didn't really know what that would entail, but it set me on a path that has changed my life. I didn't realize how numb I was inside, how I wasn't being my true self and I had completely turned off that true part of me. I didn't even know what that sounded like anymore. After doing some internal work with you, my life has changed. I've grown as a mom and as a wife, friend, and has have been able to step into a manager position at work because of the growth I have made. What has been some darkness that you have been able to conquer? Um, I've dealt with a lot of fears, anxiety, um, and then a lot of false beliefs. I think that's been a big thing in realizing I was, I was operating from a state of fear and then believing those false beliefs about myself, been able to turn those around and to be able to turn on my true voice, um, being able to hear my true self that's connected to my heavenly father and my savior and to be able to hear the spirit as it guides me to be a better mom, a better wife, a better friend, and just a better me. That has probably been the biggest change for me because it's helped me to further myself and my life purpose. Okay. So what would you say is your life purpose? Oh, a lot of things. Um, one of my main life purposes is to be a daughter of God and to shine my light. I feel very strongly about that, but also to be a mother and to raise my children in truth. Um, in being a nurse as well, I feel like I have been able to touch people and share light through serving them and taking care of them. And that is something I was sent here to do. Okay, listeners, I'm hopping in here really fast just to have you think about that idea of purpose. Do you know what your life purpose is? If you haven't figured it out yet, I want you to try. I want you to get in that groove of knowing why you were sent here to earth, what your talents are, what you, what God wants you to do, who he wants you to serve and how he wants you to serve them. Because when you get in tune with that, you're going to find a lot more fun, a lot more joy, a lot more meaning in how you live. So 
Do a little journaling exercise. Ask yourself that question. What is my purpose? And see what comes into your mind and write down the first quiet thoughts that come to your mind, because that is usually the spirit talking to you, the first quiet thoughts. So there's a little tidbit, a little homework assignment, write down in your journal, what you think your life purpose is. Okay. Back to the interview with Kenzie. So tell me about a win that you've had this week. A win that I've had this week was on Tuesday night, getting home from work. It'd been a stressful day at work um, with the current situation that's going on with the COVID-19. Working in a doctor's office is very high stress, lots of people. And then family situations going on, my stress level was really peaked. So I got home and I had the impression and the little thought that I needed to exercise, needed to go for a walk, need to go for a run. I need to get outside. I had a million things I needed to do. I had gotten home late. I wanted other things done. And so I kind of was going to push it off. And then that voice came again. You need to exercise. You need to do something to kind of burn off the emotions. So I bundled up. It was freezing cold. The wind was blowing like crazy. I bundled up, put my beanie on, and I just decided, okay, I got to go. I didn't make it all the way around the block before I froze to death and was <laughs> had to be rescued. Thank goodness for somebody rescuing me. But I did get to go and I was able to burn off emotions, which normally wouldn't have happened because without knowing my true voice and being able to hear the true part of me that said, hey, we really need this, I would have just said, I have other things I need to do. My stuff's not important. Just just get your kids taken care of. Hurry and get them bath and ready for bed. You need to read a story. You need to do family time. la di da di da But I decided that I would listen to that true part of me and I felt a shift by the time I got home. Those emotions had been processed and I felt ready to go and then I could actually engage in the evening and get things done. And feel happier while you did it. And feel much happier. And not have the consequences of stuffing emotions that I didn't have time to process down and locking them away. Mm. Stuffing emotions. Yes. That is a adventure. Yes, it is an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Kenzie and I both have things with stuffing emotions where we've learned to not be so afraid to feel the negative. So any of you guys out there listening, if you're afraid to feel the negative, you're not doing yourself a favor. No. Just just feel it, right? Just feel it. Just feel it. Let it process. Let it go. So you're not packing it around with you. Because then it's like carrying 40 rocks in your backpack if you have too many unsolved emotions. Yes. We're given emotions for a reason. Negative emotions are just as important as the positive emotions. Um, I think one of the biggest things I've learned in processing emotions is learning to process the negative has made the positives even more sweet. They're more, more, they're stronger, they're powerful because I've actually let myself feel and you have to start by feeling the negative too. You don't get to feel the negative or just, you can't feel the positive without feeling the negative first. Mm Mm-hmm. Opposition in all things, right? Yes, absolutely. There has to be opposition. That's part of God's plan for us, that we feel 
that we feel all the emotions, the, yes. re- the good ones and the not so fun ones. Yes. <laughs> yep. And it's okay. It's, it doesn't mean we're bad people if we feel anger or if we feel frustration or if we feel sadness, it doesn't mean we're bad. So don't, don't beat yourself up for feeling negative emotions because it's part of the plan. Absolutely. All right. So Kenzie, let's talk more about your, um, your story of how, I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) What am I saying next? What's your story? What? I think we need to talk about going in a little bit more deeper on the negative, feeling negative emotions. Um, when we don't feel the negative emotion and we stuff it and we try to block it out and bury it, we don't get to feel the opposite positive. We don't get that. We don't get to feel that because if we can't just numb the negative, our bodies, our minds don't work that way. We numb everything. We if numb we try everything. To numb something, huh? Yes. Yes. And so I would say that's probably be what would be one of the biggest things is feeling, not being afraid to feel it, feel sad, feel angry, feel frustrated, feel depressed, feel anxious, fearful. And I know that sounds really crazy, but when we allow ourselves to do that, it actually doesn't last as long as we think. Fearing the negative emotion is so much scarier than actually the actual emotion itself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't last that long. The fear of it causes more, more damage problems than actually just feeling it, getting it over with. Right. Yes. Yep. Allowing it to process. There's lots of ways to process. Mine the other night was I needed some physical activity to burn off the frustration and the anger. And for me, not trying to, when I do those things, it helps me not take on everyone else's emotion and worry about how everyone else feels about the situation. I can actually just be in myself and process my own emotion and allow everyone else to have their own reaction to situation. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not our job to feel things for other people. Right. We don't have to fix their emotions. (laughs) (laughs) They get to feel their negative emotions just like we get to feel ours. Right. And it's okay. It is okay. I think sometimes as, as moms and, um, women in general, I think we, we have such a nurturing capacity in us that we just want to fix everybody. Yes. And sometimes fixing everybody is not what they need. (laughs) Sometimes it causes more, more harm than good, right? When we go around trying yes. to fix everybody. It's definitely not what they need and it's definitely not what we need because we can't even... When we take on other people's emotions and try to fix their experiences and how they're reacting, then we don't even get to process how we feel about it because we're trying to fix their issues and we don't even know if we truly even feel that same way. Right. It's sometimes hard to distinguish between what's ours and what's somebody else's. Right. But it's a, and that's a good quality to have too. I'm not saying that you, you never want to feel what somebody else is feeling because we're commanded to mourn with those who mourn and 
comfort those who stand in need of comfort. And it's easier to comfort somebody if you can have empathy and compassion for how they're really feeling. Right. Absolutely. But the part that we're talking about here is don't make it so that you're trying to fix them. Let them be there to support them and let them go on their journey. Because if you take away their journey by fixing it for them, they're not learning the lessons that they could learn. Right. Because we're given hard things to teach us. They're blessings, really. They the are. hard things are blessings. And sometimes it's hard to see that when we're going through it. But if we allow other people to have their journey and just love them through it, that's a lot more impactful way to help them than carrying their junk for them. Well, and we right. truly don't know what they're thinking inside their head. How many times do we put thoughts inside their head? Oh, they're going to think this or they're going to react this way or... Oh, they, they can't handle that. They're just going to fly off the handle when we don't even truly know how they're going to re- react. We've already now set up that to happen mm-hmm. or we've taken it away from them to be able to be angry for 30 seconds and be able to process through that and get it over with and move forward. Mm-hmm. Then we get us all stuck and it's no fun to be stuck. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> not fun to be stuck under a mountain of emotions. No. Deal with them one at a time as they come. It's a lot easier. A lot easier. (laughs) Sometimes they might come five at a time. I don't know. But if we process them, chances are you're not going to have as many to deal with at one time than if you have buried years and years and years worth of emotions that haven't been processed. Well, and how many times as a mom, you just oh, I can't deal with that right now. I can't deal with that right now. I can't deal with that right now. And then your kid does something and we lose our mind. We blow up, we get upset and it had nothing to do with the actual incident that happened. Right. It's because we've been stuffing that emotion that we haven't processed or the 10 emotions or, and then all of a sudden our body's like, you can't handle this anymore. You got to do something about it. And we, we have a meltdown. We have a breakdown. In an unhealthy way. Yes. A very unhealthy way. So much nicer when you just try to process as much as you can right in the moment. For me this week, I don't always have the option at work to just process the emotion, process the frustration of dealing with the troubles that we're dealing with right now. So you might not be able to do it right at that moment, but me, I knew I was feeling that way. I had those emotions. I was conscious about it and I didn't stuff it. I didn't say, oh, I don't want to deal with this. It was, I need to be where I'm at right now and I will process it later. And my higher self, my true self knew the way you're going to process that is through movement. I needed to move through that, that time. Sometimes it's journaling. How many times we just need to journal out our thoughts and you're like, oh, that feels so much better. Mm Or just 15 pages later. (laughs) Yes, you feel lots better. (laughs) 15 pages and your hand is hurting. Or even just talking to a friend. That is as big of a emotional release. That truly is something important is to have a good friend that you can talk to and process through things. Sometimes that's what you need. Mm -hmm. Your husband, your best friend. Maybe it's your pillow. Maybe you need to scream your pillow for five minutes because that (laughs) is a way to process emotions. (laughs) It's called an anger wall. Get rid of it. Yeah. Beat a pillow. Yep. It's better to beat a pillow than someone else. Right. Right. (laughs) 
Especially yourself. Don't beat up yourself. We're the women, I think, are probably one of the biggest culprits of being the hardest on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Our own worst enemies. Huh. And we take things way further south than they need to go. We set up expectations that no one expects from us except except us. us. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of tough to learn how to balance all that, but it's worth it to Absolutely. keep practicing until you can learn to be loving towards everyone, including yourself. So, Yes, I think loving towards yourself is probably the it, key to loving others in a deeper, more powerful way. Mm-hmm. You don't get so annoyed by people because you don't have as many triggers. that bother you about yourself because you know when we get triggered by someone else it's because we have something inside of us that we don't really like that that person is reminding us of about ourselves even if we don't consciously recognize that the trigger that we get is usually it's triggering something inside of us it's not really what the other person did it's more about what's inside of us yeah bringing up a false belief a fear something mm -hmm. That we need to process. Yes. And it's information. So, Kenzie and I have been working years on this concept of being grateful for triggers. And I was triggered last night even. And I had to learn to be grateful for it. Well, I have learned to be grateful for it. So, I was able to look at it in a way like, yes, I can clear something. I know I can clear something now because this is coming up. So, it's ready to clear. So, I was trying to get myself in a better place of mind by thinking about it in that way that I have a trigger, so I get to clear it. Instead of, why do I always feel so upset? Why do I always have to get ornery? And why do I always have to feel sad? And instead of just staying stuck in that negative spiral down, let's go to a place of gratitude because gratitude is one of the quickest ways to get to in, in tune with the spirit. Oh, absolutely. That's a, that's been a hard concept to kind of grasp of being grateful for your triggers, but sitting on this side of, of it, it's something that really is powerful because you can move through it a lot faster being triggered this week too. I could recognize it. I knew I could fix it. I was able to journal some things on some of my triggers and it was a simple 10 minute journal and it was gone just for that trigger this week. Sometimes it can take longer, but to be on the other side of it and not be stuck for days or weeks in this ugliness and not allowing yourself to be like, okay, I don't feel good and I don't want to feel this way, but I don't know how to fix it because you're open to fixing it. Mm -hmm. You allow yourself to recognize it's okay that I'm quote broken because I can fix it. Mm-hmm. I'm not meant to be perfect. I'm meant to learn and to grow, to lean on the atonement, to lean on the spirit and to listen and, and to get better. Mm-hmm. Just little bits at a time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the beauty of, of our triggers because I've noticed that when I do have a trigger, it really is time for something to clear. Like it's just a signal. You're ready to get rid of this. You don't have to keep believing this lie. So let's, 
let's look at this and let's let it go. So it's bringing it to our attention because sometimes we don't really pay attention unless it's painful. Yes. (laughs) Right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We don't really pay attention to what needs cleared and we don't sit down and take the time to really ponder and pray about it and seek inspiration about what we should do about it if it's not a little bit painful. Yes. But how much has that changed though from when you very first started to now? Before it had to be pretty dang painful. Right. Before before I would you would allow yourself to get time there. to stop and heal. But right? now that because it's ugly, it's hard. You cry and you feel really sad that you can be that way, I guess. When you get triggered, it feels awful. We all know what that feels like. But being on the other side of working through that trigger, it makes you want to work through it. Mm-hmm. Because the joy and the peace you can feel in processing the emotion, processing the trauma you might have had, or getting rid of the false beliefs and replacing it with something that is actual truth. And what's cool is when you can differentiate between those voices in your head of your true self versus the natural man or the ego, whatever you want to call him or her in your brain. Once you've distinguished in that, you can get the false belief from your ego and you can actually get the truth about yourself from inside of you. And that true self is connected to your heavenly father and your savior. And so that is a really powerful, amazing thing that you can actually hear yourself tell you how special and amazing you are mm-hmm. if you'll allow it. Right. And it takes practice. A it's lot of practice. A lot of practice. And it's, it's okay to fall down a couple of times while you're trying to figure it out. Yes. It's like, like working out. You have to keep working that muscle. Mm-hmm. It's a muscle you have to build every day. Yes. Multiple times a day. And something that's really cool as a woman and as a mom um, is that we get to our, I feel like our voice inside is really strong because as a mom, our days are never really quiet. How many times do we really get quiet moment? You might get 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, and then a child's interrupting you or you have another task that needs to be done. But if you have the intention and the thought to that you want to know more information and you want to be able to hear that true self talk to you, she'll talk to you all the time. In the middle of a kid crying, she'll bring inspiration or the spirit will be able to bring you inspiration right at that moment. It doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have a still quiet moment where you're journaling for 30 minutes to hear an answer because she will talk to you and she'll bring you stuff if you get interrupted in the middle of journaling, mm-hmm. she'll come yeah. in chaos too. Yep. You can, the more you practice, the better you'll be able to hear it no matter what the situation is. Right. Yes. And that's when we need it. That's when we need the support most is when there is chaos. Right. Absolutely. We need it. So learning how to hear it in the chaos is really important too. Yeah. Cause she'll tell you when that child is crying and you don't know what to do, She'll remind you that you're a pretty awesome mom and you got this. That's pretty awesome to be able to hear instead of, oh, you screwed it up again. She'll be able to remind you it's okay to sit here and rock because he loves you. 
let's talk about your experiences with teaching your kids. How has clearing your negative emotions and understanding the voices in your head and knowing which one is which, how has that helped you with teaching your kids? Um, I would say that it first started with the ability to take a second and realize I didn't have to have, the house didn't have to be perfectly clean. I didn't have to have a perfect dinner all the time. I didn't have to have perfection to move forward and do something with my child. I could sit down and we could have a five minute lesson on adding or what this letter is or something as simple as my child love, my one child loves dinosaurs. And when he wants to know something, if I will take the five seconds to look it up and talk to him about it, that to me is just as powerful as actually having a specific lesson plan. Like when he wants to learn something, if I will take the five seconds to learn it with him, then that makes a huge difference because mm-hmm. then he sp- is wanting to learn. He's, he's excited and then you can move forward with other things. So you're saying you don't need to know everything about dinosaurs. I don't. To have a good experience teaching your kid about dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't. Usually he teaches me more than I do. But to be able to take the five seconds to look something up if I don't know has actually been fun because then we both learn together. And I also think when I take the time to learn something for myself and he, your children see you learn, you learning something, whether it's learning a new recipe or learning something that excites you, um, your kids, they feed off that and they, mm-hmm. then they want to learn and then they're going to ask more questions and it's just a repeating cycle. Yep. Example always teaches best, yes. right? Yes. So if we want our kids to be learners, if we're learners, they'll see that and they'll pick up on it. Yeah. And we can trust that process. We don't have to freak out about, oh, I'm not teaching them enough, which is often a thought that comes tempting in our brains that, oh, I'm not doing enough for my kids. But the truth is you doing your best is enough. Yep. It It is is always enough. enough. I have to say my husband's always been really good at that. He is always one that wants to learn more. And if my kids ask something, he will go above and beyond to figure it out. (laughs) And I was always jealous of that because I was very frustrated that well, why can't I do that? Because I wasn't allowing myself to do that. I wasn't allowing myself to go, well, I don't know, but let's find out because we live in an amazing world right now. Most of us have a smartphone in our hand and we can find an answer in five seconds Mm -hmm. and find more answers than we ever thought possible. And I think for me, asking my children to then teach someone else that information has been important too because it helps them solidify that in their brain Mm -hmm. something as simple as hey tell grandma what you learned today and they get excited about what they learned and they remember what they learned and it helps their comprehension even more Mm -hmm. practicing talking yeah because oral language is a skill too that's important to learn yes yeah well cool all right well let's kind of wrap it up with this question How do you lead with light? I think leading with light starts with you, yourself. If you're in a good place, then you can help those in your home be in a good place. If you're not allowing yourself to, to 
whatever it is, learn to process emotions, to take time in the scriptures, to any of the things that your heart has a desire for. If you're not allowing that to happen, then you can't lead with light because you don't have the light inside of you. Mm-hmm. You can't share light if you're not filled with light. If you're right? not filled with light. Yep. And if you're blocking, if you're numb to emotions and numb to things, you're actually not receiving the full light that you could be. And and that's something that is really powerful as you start to process things that you get to feel the spirit in a stronger way and in a deeper way. And, and light comes easier and faster because you can feel the light even when things are dark. Even a tiny flicker of light is going to be more powerful than any darkness ever will be. So if we can let ourselves let that light into us, then we're going to be a huge force in conquering darkness. What's a final piece of advice that you could share with our listeners today? I hope you guys will remember that you are enough right here, right now. You're the mom that your children need you to be. You don't have to be perfect to show up. Just start showing up. Very good advice, Kenzie. Thank you for being with us today. I knew that you'd have some awesome things to share with us. So thanks to everyone for being on this journey with us. We're so excited to be sharing more and more episodes with you about how you can conquer darkness and lead with light. Remember that when you shine, you can actually light the way. I hope you enjoyed this episode. A couple things I want you to go do for homework to help you learn more and grow from this episode. Do your journaling about what your purpose is. Then also practice feeling your emotions. Practice feeling all of them, being present with them and and understanding what's going on inside of you, which without being judgmental and without being harsh towards yourself. Feel all the emotions, feel the happiness, feel the joy, feel the sadness, feel the anger, feel the frustration, and have compassion for yourself as you're going through that. Practice those skills so that you can be a stronger and brighter you for your family. Because as you get stronger, your family can get stronger too. And if you lead the way by putting into practice these things that are important that we do, then you're going to be in a better place. And if mom's in a better place, then the whole family can be in a better place. So there's you a little bit of homework and enjoy your day. You've been listening to the Candlestick Academy podcast with Risha Bartlett. Let's use intuitive home education to help you conquer darkness and lead with light.